Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Phoenix Rods. Check out Phoenix Rods at phoenixrods.com or at Phoenix Rods on Instagram and Viking Heads. Check out Viking Heads at Viking Head Bait Co. on Instagram. And I'm thinking the website should be up by next Friday. We'll see. I got, I'm going to one of my buddies' house, Modelo Man's, and he's going to help me do all this stuff. And uh, yeah, we'll figure out how it goes. Uh, you should have some pictures if you're listening to this tonight. So of the heads are completed. Well, the the colorways are completed. All the colorways are completed, so we'll be able to take pictures, start posting them, show you guys how they look, and the quarter ounce or one ounce will be ready probably in a week or two. All done. Um, twos and threes will be ready for PCS show. So if you guys want to get two or three ounces, you can get PCS. You might be able to order them online quicker, but we'll see. Um, today's episode has been one I've been holding on to for a while. I did it with... Christina, Logan, and Megan. They're they're uh, working on their masters. They're working on the Ocean Defender program. So what they're doing is uh, tracking like lost lobster traps and kind of figuring out uh, where they go. All, all kinds of research they're doing. It's just for their masters. So they're kind of a middleman for people, and uh, they're working on a project. And they kind of wanted to talk about it. So Mike Lane uh, hit me up. Was like, hey man, I I, I have a some. Uh, people I know that that wanted to get on the podcast to talk about this. I said, okay. So uh, it's a different podcast. It's it's not any means we're not promoting MLPAs or anything like that. It's just some different information. And the, the, what they're trying to do is track where these lost lobster traps are and pull them back out uh, and trying to make it so we don't get closures. Some of the lobster closures like they had up north. So uh, it's a good podcast. There's going to be some links for some stuff they need help with. Uh, once they give it to me, uh, and, um, yeah, hope you guys like this one. It's another salt one on Monday. It'll be Keith Wilson and his son Kane, a uh, great podcast as well. It's the last of the toy drive sessions. Uh, and I have a couple good ones coming up. Um, really good ones. I don't want to blow them out, So I'm not even going to say, and, uh, that's about it. Patreon. Uh, if you guys want to see these videos, this one we actually didn't get a video on, but uh, the other main episodes like the uh, um, bite, if you want to see um, 
Well, so I have Butch up there. I have a Baitmaker Roundtable. Uh, we'll have, I'm going to put Ryan Block up there. Uh, Josh Jones will be uh, on there. Uh, but the newer episode with Kelly. And uh, yeah, it's uh, cool. I don't, there's not much else to say, guys. Check out the uh, Patreon. This month's Patreon sponsor, I got to post it still. I've been so freaking busy with these heads. I'm sorry I'm lagging. I did send out all the Patreon winners uh, gifts. Everybody's stuff sent out. Um, I think that's it. If you give us a five-star review on iTunes, I'd greatly appreciate it. And shirts will be up uh, the same time the heads are out. I'm going to re-up on everything. I have all the new shirts. So if you guys want to grab a shirt... And we also are looking at that PCS show coming up. Um, <clears throat> here's a little piece from them. The all-new, bigger, and better 13th Annual Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Tackle Boat and Travel Show is March 2nd to 5th at the OC Fair and Event Center in Costa Mesa. Tackle fishing resorts, fishing boats, and amazing seminars March 2nd to 5th at the OC Fairgrounds in Costa Mesa. Don't miss it. We'll have two booths, one Viking Head, one... Um, Cast and crank. <laughs> uh, I'll be doing some podcasts down there. Check this show out. It's the <clears throat> it's the best show in SoCal for sure. Um, there's going to be a ton of vendors there. Also, Billy's a great guy, so please. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, Bill's a great guy, so please come down and check it out. We'll be there every day in in one of the booths. Either I'll be in the cast and crank or the Viking head. They're going to be next to each other. We'll also have people in the Viking head hanging out. Uh, maybe Kelly, if Joe can come by, Lana's fine, Bobby, those guys will all be hanging out. If Uncle Bing Mong comes down, he'll be hanging out in there as well, Caesar. So uh, we'll see. It'll be a lot of fun. Please come down and check that out. And I hope you guys like this episode. And uh, Monday you'll be able to hear Keith. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today, I have a different one. Um, this is, I don't know what it is, so I'm going to let you guys talk about it. <laughs> uh, we'll go around the table and say everybody's name. I'll start on my right. Uh, Christina. You want to say your last name or no? Oh. Christina Robinson. Okay. I'm Logan Ossinjuk. Megan Aral. And they do, they're doing their masters, masters yeah. in a really cool thing that I think all of us can relate to. Mike Lane turned me on to them, Christina. And uh, we've been trying to do this for probably about three or four months, and we finally got to lock it down. So I kind of want them to tell their story because what they're doing, I think, could help maybe the local uh, commercial guys and even the lobster guys, you know, uh, make sure that we don't get any more closures. So uh, I guess let's start with uh, how you guys got into this and what it is you are doing. Okay, yeah. So um, we are all master's students at the Bren School, um, getting our master's in environmental science and management. And we came together for this master's project. Um, the Bren School is different than your typical master's program where we're not doing like a research thesis based um, master's degree. We're doing um, interdisciplinary work where we're working with a client and trying to solve like a real world problem in real time. And so our client is Ocean Defenders Alliance, um, a local nonprofit that is utilizing uh, volunteer scuba divers to remove marine debris. And we've been trying to kind of assess their data, figure out ways that they can um, have better outreach and engagement with the communities involved. And trying to kind of look at just ways that we can have uh, better future frameworks for as things are shifting in the ocean and how we can kind of um, bridge the gaps between 
like science research and the fishing communities and um, increase that that trust and that communication. Yeah, we're good. Okay. <laughs> Um, how did you guys all now when you did the program or when you started this uh, project, did you guys all have the same plan in mind or did someone find it and then you had to find the other people to come along with you? Yeah, great question. So um, I actually had worked at Orange County Coastkeeper prior to going to Bren and had heard about Ocean Defenders Alliance and was kind of working with um, the executive director, Kurt his communication team just on other outreach about like sea turtles that we have locally. A lot of people don't know about that. Um, talking about different wildlife that we have and, you know, was like, well, like it's really cool work that he's doing. Um, I'd love to try to make a project about that in grad school. So then wrote that proposal. We had to kind of like vote on it, had to go through a couple different rounds at school during our first year. And then the end of our, um, spring quarter, last year we all got together and then started doing work in yeah like last spring and this summer and then we'll finish it up like in a couple months which yeah. is crazy <laughs> dream team <laughs> yeah so uh and you guys are all based in santa barbara the school is based in santa barbara um so i guess explain what the whole project you guys are trying to do like the uh you know how it's, I guess it affects the fishery for us. Yeah. Um, so Ocean Defenders Alliance is, you know, removing a lot of marine debris. Oftentimes, you know, it's different plastic stuff, balloons. Uh, but a lot of what the divers are getting is um, uh, different types of fishing gear. Like in the area that Kurt is now, like in Ventura, um, it's a lot of like old lobster traps. Of course, we have no idea like when or where it came from. It's all rusted and stuff, but they're they're bringing that up. So we've been trying to kind of comb through um, that data, kind of learn more about um, how he can like more efficiently like target where he's removing any of that type of debris, um, and also ways on like how we can help the fishing community and like prevent closures if there's anything with like entanglements, kind of like what we've, you know, seen in recent years and last year with the Dungeness crab fishery up north. Yeah. So a lot of the the, the first year of it, were you working up north a little more, you guys? Yeah. So we ha- only right now are using data from um, Kurt from Ocean Defenders Alliance and a lot of his work comes from dive trips they've been doing south of Point Conception, which primarily focuses a lot on lobster fisheries Mm -hmm. Um, but and a part of our project is to just better understand the fishing landscape because a few of us aren't fishers we are divers Mm -hmm. Um, so just in the process of understanding that we were trying to understand other fisheries and a big one that's really been in the news right now in california has been the dungeness crab fishery so as we were looking into that we were trying to understand well what's going on with dungeness crab it's a really lucrative sector for California. It's super important to bring in money for the state and to feed all of the fishing families that depend on that fishery. But uh, what seems to be happening is that the fishery gets shut down either as an early closure or a delayed opening because um, sometimes whales, as they're migrating through, get trapped in these long vertical lines that fishers usually use to fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and if a whale gets trapped, it's protected by the Endangered Species Act. And then the federal government comes in and shuts down the entire fishery. And um, some recent publications that came through said it was like 10 or $14 million of revenue lost to fishers sometime um, last year, just in two different zones. And we're talking about people's families, livelihoods here. Yeah. And we really don't want anything like that to happen with the lobster fishery for our client. And that's a lot of what he's trying to do is 
not only remove this gear, but also just understand where the fishers are with trying to also have a sustainable fishery for them, especially as the world is changing so drastically. Have you guys worked with the Department of Fishing Game as well? We do have information from, yeah, we have contacts at the California Department of Fish and Wildlife for do sure. They, and so over the years, you know, like you're seeing it uh, a little more now where it's getting closures from the whales getting caught up in the traps. How, how much more often is this happening compared to like 10 years or 15 years ago? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, was yeah. it happening then? We just didn't see it. You know, I, I don't know. I think that's, um, yeah, it's a great question. That's something um, like why we met with Fish and Wildlife was to better understand. Okay. I know with the Dungeness Crab Fishery, they have like the ramp program specifically mm -hmm. trying to work with the commercial guys and, you know, remove traps, trying to trying to pull them. And um, it's, it's so hard with things in the ocean because even with those entanglements, it's like, they're getting reported if they're observed when yeah, they're seen, exactly. right? Like just, you know, just like yeah, this so much. Yeah, whale could drag so. like a whole freaking trap line and you would just never know. And honestly, yeah. it's, it's the fishers. Yeah. They're yes. the ones who tell us like, oh, yeah. we saw this huge creature entangled out there. And yeah. like, yeah, other people out on the water, other boaters, um, you know, whale watchers. And um, especially recent, I think there's been quite a few entanglements where it was like a whale watching boat out or a captain that saw it, right? And they were able to like disentangle the whale. But um I know we had a big uptick, I think, in entanglements, and I, I don't know if it was all, you know, all Dungeness gear. It's it, again, it's hard to like, is that fisheries gear um, labeled? Yes. Or like, have they seen it? Right. So that's a big problem too. It's just like, oh, we know that this whale was entangled, and only if it's been marked can they like, you know, point a finger, so to speak. Um, but I think there was a big uptick in like 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, I'm sure there was. You know, we were probably underreported throughout COVID because so much field yeah. work and everybody staying at home. And we got so closed up on that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's hard to like um, kind of like watch those fluctu or fluctuations change and like see um, if there's other factors involved. And that was something like during our first quarter, we were looking at like, oh, like how much are our ocean currents? A factor or like are they is that moving the gear kind of where you have the overlap of these animals moving too mm -hmm. and so there's just um i think like with a lot of stuff with the ocean we, we just need so much more research and data to try to like kind of help figure out where those overlaps are but that's something with like you know we really want to connect with the fishing community to to learn more through like their lived experience what they're seeing they have like the most time on the water than I mean, all of us yeah. and, and a lot of people that are um, trying to learn about it and, and work on these issues. Did you guys see a, a closure happen during this with the whale? Yeah. So when you we did, okay. when we first started, um, I think like right when we set up as a group, that was when the news happened um, that, yeah. for last year where it was like they had three humpback whales entangled and then it was a fishery closure, right? That like triggered the closure. What was the area? Um, it was up north. I can't remember the exact zones. Yeah, more. It's like zones, I think, three and four. Um, it's like basically right outside of San Francisco. How, um, big, is that, how to... big is that area they closed? That's also a good question. Um, I'll just say like California's coast is split into five zones. Okay, yeah. That makes <laughs> sense. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, six, actually. Oh, six. Yeah. Six zones. Yeah. Six so zones. What, what are the zones if you guys... Um, it goes like one, two, three, four, five, six okay. along the coast. So okay. three and four. North to south. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
um yeah so like more yeah zones like three and four are more for the dungeons crab industry did right they close a, did they close a big area of the dungeons crab yeah for that? i mean they closed the whole fishery um and it's also like a delayed start for this year as well um because we, we do, just up north due to that yeah. yeah okay well and um and then there's also like um concern with demoic acid sometimes too for yeah. for delayed opening sometimes what is that i don't know so uh, de- <laughs> yeah, demoic acid is um it's something that can happen in the environment okay and it's a product of a lot of just waste pollution actually pretty independent of fisheries but it affects them because it's so toxic that it starts to affect wildlife and the federal government needs to come in and clean it up but in order to do that they have to stop fishing in the area Um, the interesting thing that we learned while looking at these closures demoic acid causes a lot of closures and the government will actually pay a subsidy to the fisheries as a part of the closure they have like this federal disaster aid ready to go for this but um, we're seeing more and more closures because of entanglements for whales but we're not seeing federal disaster aid paid out to fishers as a result of that so that is an interesting um, finding that the 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 acid would that does that produce anywhere like ours rivers are draining into the uh um so one thing with the demoic acid poisoning is like sometimes it can be related to like different algae blooms and those sometimes those blooms can happen naturally but sometimes those blooms blooms can happen because of like excessive runoff like from urban runoff and from pollution and so it's like before they're gonna open the Dungeness crab fishery, they will catch crabs to test them to make sure it's healthy to eat and consume. And I think um, in, when, in certain years when they have delays because of demoic acid poisoning, the levels are too high, it's unsafe, so then they have to wait. We okay. also saw this summer, kind of late summer, there was a lot of sea lions that had demoic acid poisoning. So they were oh, like wow. coming up on the beach, they're acting really weird. Um, and then those get taken to like different animal centers like along the coast too. But I did want to... For last year's closure, there was a subsidy release, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was. For for the entanglement closure with Dungeness, right? Yeah. Okay. It's not as common. Yeah. So That's the only the only time only time that's happened. How long does the closure last when that happened? It kind of yeah, it depends. Um but it yeah, it basically depends on how severe and how early the entanglements happen. Either okay. they like delay it and then say hey like the season's over basically because the delay goes all the way until the season would yeah, end yeah um so it, it yeah it's kind of it's dynamic it depends does but, anybody monitor the, the whale you know what i'm saying so like when you do the the closure are the state whoever department of fish and wildlife are they monitoring the closure and going okay the whales moved on were there you know uh 100 miles away someone is doing that yeah yeah. So like Fish and Wildlife has that ramp program. And oh. so that's where they're kind of like, oh, we saw a bunch of whales in the same area. Oh, we saw these entanglements. And so they'll have like different levels, like before the trigger to like shut the fishery down will happen. But that's something that ramp has really been okay. um, working on. And I think that they have a pretty good um, group of stakeholders that they work with and different people from different like agencies and in the fishing community, and like especially like commercial fishers that they're actively working with to, to learn more about that and how to how to monitor. But yeah, it's hard. <laughs> I wish we could like tag more whales or yeah. something or figure yeah, out. Yeah. Like, Nick, what you're going. getting at is like a really good point though. You're, I, what I'm kind of getting what you're saying is, well, if the whales have moved out of that area, can't they just reopen it? Yeah, I get the closures like, okay, yeah, we don't want to do that. Yep. But I mean, once they move out of the area, that would be cool to like, okay, you can drop yeah. back in, especially if it's one 
you know, there's one commercial guy that has this area that just is money maker, and right. now it's gone. You know, yeah. It's yeah. Like, that's that's definitely like part of our struggle right now is trying to figure out how to like equitably figure out management because yeah, like if you have your lane and that lane happens to be where a bunch of whales go, then like you get shut down while all of your other fishers get mm-hmm. to like keep fishing. Yeah. Um, and then also the struggle right now with the reason I can't necessarily give like a super straight answer of like how long is the closure when did it happen is with the oceans warming and everything too the whales are coming later and later which okay. is starting to overwrap more and more which like with when the actual lobster season is set to be so um they're trying to that's part of why this like is such a struggle right now they're kind of trying to figure out the timeline on when to open up when to close whether you can we've talked about like and we've talked with people who have been talking about like, oh, you can use this type of gear from like here to here, and then after so this you, date, so you, you guys are technically type. like the middleman almost. Like you know what I'm saying? You're not. You're not like, hey, we're pro. You know, uh, oh yeah, something. Or no. we're pro no. this. You guys right. are like, hey, we're trying to figure out everything. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, we yeah, we should talk about this as well. Is that like part of the reason we came on is because we're we want to like basically distribute this survey um in order to get more information from fishers in order to collaborate more because we have talked about how there is kind of some miscommunication and sometimes like distrust and animosity between like researchers and fishers who are out there on the water every day and like again often know more than we do um and so we want to increase collaboration so we can fix up this problem in a way that's good for fishers mm-hmm. yeah especially or like help. Um, you know, if we're ever in the in a position where we're like in management or something it's like I want to prevent like issues that have happened like the fishing community has been marginalized often at times and so we understand where a lot of the mistrust has come from historically and like we want to you know try to bridge that gap and um allow for there to be like meaningful relationships and Mm -hmm. where it's where it is like actually built on trust and respect and like understanding and then Mm -hmm. moving forward prevent any like especially if like we you know continued in this field of like marine bio it's like i want to actively prevent any of that from happening again and um we're we're hoping that this survey can be a nice tool with that because we did specifically create um a few open-ended answers so that way fishers could provide their honest feedback on like different opinions pollution that they're seeing issues they have with access um other concerns that they have because that's going to be harder for us to analyze like usually um you want you know just um multiple choice questions or answers on a survey for data analysis but i was like even though that's easier like i want their voices to be heard so we're hoping that that can help yeah and we should say like you're saying middlemen as well like we're not we're not making any of these decisions we're not like giving any of these recommendations to anybody that's making the decisions we're just that's that's great we're just like helping basically this nonprofit figure out how to best find all the gear that's out there um and yeah come and grab it so that it's not catching lobsters that no one gets to eat and so that's a great point because i feel like i was gonna say next well how can they trust you and i'm just being devil's advocate to give you some hey this is how i feel well, you're going to take this to the Department of Fish and Wildlife and show, but you're not. You're no. doing a research to help your client. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In order to, so in order for us to be able to support fishing and people, we have to be able to understand what your experiences are out on the water. What you're seeing is pollution, but also be able to take your information and turn it into a dynamic management system so that rather than shutting a fishery down, we can almost predict where the whales are going to be who's 
in what area and just prevent a lot of that from happening and just increase revenue for the fishery. But, you know, that's really big uh, management style work we don't do. (laughs) Hopefully someday we'll get there once we graduate. But yeah, it's like Logan said, we're just working with our client right now and just trying to understand the space. Yeah. And we also add to it's like, we truly believe it's like we, you know, the fishing community, our community, we all we want the same thing, right? Yeah. Like we want a healthy ocean. So yeah, it's just trying to like getting everybody to like work together, I guess, for that same goal. So the Ocean Defender is a they'll go out, grab old traps, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when, when he's doing that, it's it's more research, just like you guys are doing, right? Like he wants to know, you know, where they're getting caught up, maybe or stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you also talked about, you know, actually trying to figure out different ways to make it more efficient, the traps, right? And does he look into that as well, too, as Ocean Defenders? Yeah, so he definitely, like what you just said, he wants to try to figure out, like, where is the debris? Where are people seeing the debris? Because as a nonprofit, you know, they always, they don't have a lot of funding. Um, mm-hmm. It's expensive to have a boat <laughs> and yeah. to fuel it. And um, again, these these volunteer divers are volunteering their time, and it's so weather dependent. It's like you really want to know where stuff is because you only get so many chances <laughs> yeah. to be out there in the first place. Yeah. So we're really trying to um, help with that. And then, um, you know, he's been doing a lot of outside work, just networking with different researchers, engineer groups, trying to go to all types of different meetings. Um, You know, if if he's allowed, if it's public, um, where he can learn about maybe alternative gear types or different things that are helpful and inexpensive to fishers that are still also going to work, that they can like trust that they're going to, you know, get the same catch and not um, miss out on anything. Yeah, the gear part's really interesting because it's out there for sure. It's just really expensive, and there's no real subsidies or ways to support fishers who might want to switch to that. And then you also have an entire cultural shift of exactly. using, like you know, I mean, this is what this yeah, no, I, I would be like anything new that comes out, people are and and like they say, old salty fishermen. <laughs> they're not. They're gonna be like, no, I'm not doing that. You know, right. they don't need some something that they don't see proven over, you know, the last 30, 40, 50, yeah. 80 years of the way they're going to fish that way, you know. And I guess like we said, the hardest part is just the communication to get these guys to trust you. Have you worked with any long liners and then actually gone out on a boat or anything like that? No, but I would love to. I've gotten <laughs> to go out on um, the Ocean Defenders Alliance boat, mm-hmm. but I, I've always wanted to go deep sea fishing and just haven't had the time or opportunity yeah. to experience that. But um, We yeah. just started our outreach yeah. process right so. now so <laughs> we're all spread out along the coast yeah i've done like a little bit of fishing um uh-huh. just like trawling around and yeah we didn't mean to catch so many barracuda but we ended up catching like nine barracuda in a that row because i think happens. they were just like following us yeah they, um, they're just they're kind of an annoyance like a yeah <laughs> um but yeah no we would love to yeah nick um, can i ask you uh when you talk about like a new gear coming into the scene and how it requires trust to be built can you tell us a little bit about um a piece of gear that is now really big and popular and what the process was for that to see i don't know on on on, um i think use like anything else when you get someone to make it work really good and that one guy has some kind of notoriety Mm. it's easy for everyone else to jump on board with uh i i don't know that much about lobster Fishing, you know, I've done it, and we've dropped hoops, like, in the harbor and stuff for, for lobster. So I don't know any new – the only thing I knew, know 
that's new would be the way you hold the bait in there. People mm-hmm. make different bait, you know, enclosures and those mm-hmm. kind of work. But as for a trap, you know, or even a rope getting getting caught, you know, when we're doing it uh, recreationally, it, you don't get caught. You'll get your trap back. No one wants to lose their trap. You'll figure out how to get it back. Yeah. Right. You know, where if you're in a commercial dropping way deeper, you know, in 80, 100, who knows, on the whole line, it's easy to get broke off on, on those lines as well. Definitely. And even when I fish, like I say I fish this weekend, I'll see 100 tons of trap i'm almost hitting mm, so it could wow. some of it could be me hitting the line with my prop who knows you know what i'm saying mm. there's a the, million out there will that damage the prop yeah. in your boat yeah okay <laughs> yeah i mean but you get caught i've i've gotten caught on traps i mean i'll go fish and I'll be like up oh, you get your your lure caught you pull up get the lure off or cut the lure off but yeah i think trusting peep someone trusting it is finding those people that will actually use it and they and they have some notoriety that they can you know uh push it to other people but that's exactly what you guys need is to find those certain people that'll work with you to go hey uh you know this is what's going on this is what needs to be looked at because in the end this is going to help not only them but you guys you know because it'll clear up some of the missed you know information between the whales going and going oh you're just trying to close everything well we're not we're trying to work on it to make it you know a little better and it, I mean, how many other people has other people done any research like this before you? Oh, I'm I'm sure there's that you were um, able to like read into. Yeah, yeah we've been looking okay. at a lot of different um, literature and like uh, we so uh, again with like our our master's project um, being just like a little different than um, thesis based ones. We kind of have like a, a team of external advisors who we've um, you know tried to pick to uh, learn more about like their expertise and, and work that they've done. And so um, some of our literature has come from some of those people and just trying trying to look at other fisheries even on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, comparing that to over here and um again too and i i think it's important for uh everybody to understand too it's like we don't at least like us personally um and if if we get to be in management it's like we don't want our fisheries to be closed because we do have the most sustainable fisheries um Mm -hmm. in the world right like if we're closing our fisheries that means we're gonna have to import more seafood because people want to eat seafood and like i don't want to see that happening (laughs) so so do you, so the your your project what is the end goal like what is it when you're done what is it that you guys accomplish that is the goal yeah that's a great question so we do have certain they're called deliverables mm-hmm. things that we do have to for sure give our client uh, one of them is Christina I think mentioned it a little bit earlier it's um, a hotspot map that shows our client where all of their traps that they've been finding actually are on a map because they've been recording everything as gps points as a date as how many traps but they haven't had a way of visualizing it so a big part of our project is to be able to take their data and actually visualize it and hopefully you they can use that and actually show it to not only people in the organization but other fishers as well about where their traps end up like hey this is kind of where it seems to be going and you can, we can overlay that with where people seem to be fishing and yeah. see if there is any connection because you do have some crazy currents just pulling everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we're not trying to like name blame anyone. We're just trying to understand it. And this is something that would help our client better understand where they need to go to pick up the gear to reduce entanglements and go to, to So it's more of like you want to you wanna have a map of like if you've lost your trap, you might be able to go to this section to find it because 
usually with the current, it's pushing it this way. Are, is there a way to keep an eye on the current? Like when, when you're finding the traps, are you trying to write down? Well, when we pulled pull up this deer, the current was pushing this way. You know, that was doing this. So that's something I we I think another deliverable we'll have too is kind of like recommendations for Ocean Defenders Alliance of okay. how they can be more efficient and like financially budget wise. And, and part of that would be like when they're doing this data recording, kind of trying to get more specific. There's a lot of great um, websites out there right now that are looking at like currents and like different factors and like trying to model that stuff. So it'd be really cool if they started to, um, you know, take note of that. And then um, we're able to use that to try to figure out where stuff was was being moved. And it's again, it's hard too because it depends on the gear type, mm-hmm. depends on our like regular currents. If there's any storm surges, what's going on? Um, and so then with that, I think another a goal of ours would be to just better connect Ocean Defenders Alliance with the fishing community and like how they can also collaborate and work together just to learn more together as well. Because as we've been doing a lot of this work and research, it's like, yeah, people don't want to lose traps. They're really expensive. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they don't want to have those traps like degrade the habitat that these animals need so that they can fish later. Like, I think um, just trying to draw a better connection from all of that. But, and I, I think there's been a lot of good research and like we're, we're moving better with like that, the modeling and stuff, but it, it just seems like, uh, at least in our experience, it's, it's hard to get everybody to be on the same page kind of at the same time. Cause it's so many different agencies and data sets, surface currents are a yeah. whole other layer of data. Yeah. And I guess like two things too, we're looking at, um, like basically we're getting some like benthic data to try to create a map overlaying where some of the traps end up and then also overlaying it. Like, did you, did your trap get set on top of like a rock or was it like in some like really deep mm-hmm. sandy bottom and then that changes what gets... this is where i could hear see being devil's advocate the angler going well if i tell you that then you're gonna right. know where to drop these traps for for the other people for the information so i get where the angler is gonna go well the telling you how he drops them or that's fine but when you start dropping them on well i like to drop on these rocks mm. Well, then you get that new guy that goes, well, I'm doing this as a business now. I know to drop on this type of rock. Right. So that's where the killer is on. on that's a really, end. yeah, that's a really good point. You know? And I think that's something we're still trying to figure out yeah. is how to encourage fishers to want to communicate, but also how to protect their business mm-hmm. without, um, yeah, without an encroaching on it. That's, I think, the benefit of the survey that we've created is mm-hmm. it is anonymous mm-hmm. and it lets us have a better understanding of where traps are being deposited and what kind of um, benthic region they're being deposited on by giving anonymity to the fisher. And I think once we get all of our data, we'll definitely have to go back to our advisors and to the fisher friends we've made and yeah. say, do you feel comfortable if this is what this looks like? Does this benefit you? So we're still yeah. in the process of developing a lot of that and building connections to yeah. have those conversations. Yeah, because we definitely are not trying to like basically create this hotspot map of where traps no, have been no. lost and then therefore show like <laughs> all the good fishing you spots, you know? Like, <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That's kind of like, have you guys looked at um, at uh, the Navionics app? No. You guys should be looking at that. So what it is, it's a... Uh, it's a I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So it's an it's a app that you uh, pull up and it has a relief shading. So when I say relief shading, it shows you right on, on the beach where all the rocks are and everything. Oh, beautiful. So you guys should look at that because, like, for instance, this is Palos Verdes. And, uh, like, there are certain areas where you like to fish because there's a big rock and you throw a crankbait or whatever it might be. So you could see all of that cool. rocky area. So, yeah, when I go fishing, there's going to be traps all over that. Cool. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where they're going to hang out because... The lobsters are in the rocks, you know what I'm saying? Or mm-hmm. the break wall. You'll you'll get, yeah. I don't know how many traps off the break wall, you know? Cool. But this is a cool map to look at because you also get to see That's a in the harbor, map. like the deeper it gets, you'll see, okay, right there, there's a little shelf that drops off, you know, stuff. But that's something you guys maybe might want to look at. Yeah, thank thank you yeah. for sharing that. That'd be beautiful for But, but, but that's kind of like, I. that's the only thing I could see is where you go, okay. Um, you're not really giving up a spot because it's already there, but you're looking for that information that goes, uh, why, when you're losing a, a, a trap, what do you do to, you know, make sure you don't or like, do you know, have you talked to guys going, well, what do you do when you lose one? I have guys that- responded to you and go, I don't know. Or do they go, we go look for it or what do they do? Um, a few of our team members and stuff we've gone. So we're in Santa Barbara. Um, and so we've gone down to the Santa Barbara Harbor and like the Saturday fish markets to mm-hmm. try to talk to fishers and learn more about what they're doing. And like, um, you know, I think a lot of them use apps like this and, you know, they check the weather, right? They know mm-hmm. like, oh, there's going to be a storm coming. So like now I need to go pull my gear out because they, again, they don't want to lose it. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, we really, I, I wish we had um, more time on this project, honestly, because it just seems like there's so much more outreach, engagement, research that we could be doing. Like, it'd be great if we could have like a conversation like this with with, you know hundreds of, of fishers and like just mm-hmm. to learn more about it but um yeah and yeah. i mean that's part of why we're doing the survey too yeah um, and i also should say we're working on like creating a little communication piece like a small little film um talking directly with fishers oh, yeah. and also like basically trying to show the work that oda is doing and showing the work that code that kurt has done to like build these relationships because yeah he's been doing this for 20 years um, and he was diving and talking with everybody before. And so he's also told us that, um, when he started in like 2002, he was picking up tons of traps all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's like, it's harder. Um, which is why he's like built these really strong relationships with these fishers that have like really started to build trust. And they tell him, Hey, like, I think I lost my trap. Like over here, if you're going out to get traps, like go look over here and I'll get it back. Um, or someone will get it back. Yeah, like, yeah. Kurt also like brings them back and like puts them on the dock for people to like get back. So, oh, nice. um, yeah, definitely working with fishers directly too. I'm going to like interview some people and do you feel like, their story do you, so and, you feel like when he was pulling up traps, 
uh, to now, is it people just not talking? Or is it, you know, is it less traps getting lost? Is it? I think it was like before, at least he talked about this like two or three weeks ago where he went out and there was just like, there was a tons. And so it was like easy to just like grab a bunch. When that, um, and that was specific to Laguna Beach in yeah, Newport. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was like he kind of targeted yeah, one area and then. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. That MLPA right there. You know how many traps you see on that edge? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the line. And that's a scary place. To, I fish that all the time on the edge right there. And mm. you'll see, shoot. On the line, I'll see probably like 40 traps. Wow. wow. Yeah. And they get in there, and I'm yeah. like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> you know, like, they're in, but they have like, their boats are like made to get back in there. And I'm like, because Crystal Cove has a lot of, a lot of traps there That's too awesome. as well. But I could see that on Laguna. Or even people pushing the limit and going into the MLPA as well, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you ever hear from people uh, on this podcast or just in your personal mm-hmm. work, do you ever hear people talk about anything regarding losing their gear and if that's problematic for them? No, because I don't have as many commercial guys. Mm-hmm. If we, like I said, a recreational guy will not lose that gear. We'll find mm-hmm. a way to get it back. Yep. Yeah. I'll throw a big <laughs> hook down there and get that back, whatever I got to do. You know, where a commercial guy, it's like they, like you said, when there's storms, because you'll find traps that are are on the beach. Right. You know, sometimes it'll just all depend, you know, but I think a commercial guy is a different story. Uh, And I don't know how much a trap, do you even know how much a trap costs or no? Anywhere from 100 to about 250. Yeah. So, I mean, that's cheap. cheap. Yeah. Yeah, And the commercial guys have like 100 of them. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So it's kind of like, I mean. It, 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 I've never really heard much about losing them, but I mean the recreational guys are gonna, not going to give them up. They're going to give yeah. them back. Yeah, and the, the traps on the beach too. It's, I know that uh, in the summer, Santa Barbara Channel Keeper, they worked with some commercial fishermen mm-hmm. to actually do a big beach cleanup and okay. remove them, right? Because the traps are heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, again, like it's like when were those lost? <laughs> How old are those traps? Like where where is that coming from? Like that's all information that we're like, unfortunately. So, do you, so you don't get, the problem I guess is you don't get that buoy that's on top of the trap a lot of the time because that has the serial number right on it. Correct. And you guys, so maybe did you ever think of a tag on the trap? That would be really cool. A galv- so, like not a galvanized or something that's not going to corrode easily. Yeah. So you have you a tag have like and a... then you have a serial number and be like, hey, here's a tag. That's so, what's interesting is like I don't – fishers don't want to be tagged. They don't want people to know no. what's happening. And if a trap is lost, it's not intentional. Mm-hmm. So, they, yeah, you, they don't want that kind of information out there. But if we can develop avenues of like confidential trust between fishers and a nonprofit, not even the federal government, where they can be like – what Logan said, I feel like I lost something. Can you go get it? <laughs> That's so much safer than having to actually physically write it out somewhere and put it. That makes that would make me feel unsafe if I was. I get and and out. this yeah. is where you're getting to the point where the fishermen are like, uh-uh. We seen what you guys did already. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. you guys, but we seen what has we've happened. Been taken away from us, yeah. Pals Verdes. Yeah. You know, Crystal Cove Lagoon, all Laguna. You know, so it's kind of hard to even talk to anyone now. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's the part too. It's like it's not necessarily fishers. It's all. It's more like, yeah, I don't want my trap tagged because, like, if it gets entangled because there was a storm and I had to like book it home, like, yeah. that's not on me. And then yeah. I, and then like you get the whole season shut down just because like you had one bad day. So, um, how yeah. does that work if you if your if your trap gets uh, 
the gift is like, fine. Yeah, they, so that has happened uh-huh. um, where they were able, like there was an entanglement, they had the gear, they were able to contact the actual fishermen. Okay. Um, and this was uh, like Noah, not our client. Um, and, you know, he didn't get punished. They just wanted to talk to him to learn, um, you know, like um, about the gear, like what the conditions were like and what's happening. So I think that's a lot of it too because um, – Again, because yeah, that's not anyone's fault, really. Yeah, it's like it just—it's nature. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exa- yeah. exactly. Um, and so, it's just the—I think the lack of tags and and that not always happening. A lot of times, you you don't get that information, or you you know you can't connect that number with a with a person to talk to. But um, it would be great if we could start to tag more traps in a way where where people are trusting that, and and, and it also makes me wonder, like, oh, like. Um, if there could be another, you know, master's project where like one of the fisheries like spining lobster is like they're the client. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you're directly working with them versus like we're kind of like this middleman. We have this nonprofit as our client. You know what I mean? So like, and it's not like the client is even part of the fishing game. It's just he's doing his own deal. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is the whole point. Everyone, I want to drive this home. They're not working for it you yeah know? <laughs> because i even i've done i did some stuff where i promoted certain things and people go oh is that you know for them open like no it's something different you know yeah but yeah just to make sure we drive that home they're doing this for a client that actually picks up you know the yeah. debris and that hotspot map that we were talking about too like it's for oda yeah um, it's for him to like go find traps that's not like something that's gonna it's go your like, client. massive yes. like yeah. yeah massive public yeah like, i mean we, we had to sign like, an nda to yeah, work yeah. with them in the first <laughs> yeah. place yeah, 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 it's yeah. All, <laughs> so if any fishers talks yeah. to kurt or, or oda and they yeah. give any information about where they've dropped traps off ODA will not share that information yeah. they use it internally only for the benefit of cleaning up the system yeah. Yeah. And a, another benefit for them with just like this data being like summarized is um, hopefully like to get more funding to be able to do more removals. Right. Because they're mm-hmm. also cleaning up, um, you know, mylar balloons and other things like that. And on their website, they do have a like a Google form, like a Web page um, to report if you've seen okay. any gear. Right. Or if you've seen any type of debris out in the water and like, again, anonymous. Yeah. Do, you, do you see uh, this? Since you're going from Santa Barbara all the way down to to Orange County, pretty much, right? Uh, San Diego. San Diego. Okay. Do you see uh, a, a little worse up north towards Ventura because the weather, uh, the the ocean's a little rougher up that. I feel like, you know what I'm saying. So, do you see a lot of traps get lost a little more up that way? I guess it's kind of tough because, like, yeah, again, down here is more lobster traps. Yeah. Um. Versus. Yeah, up there, Dungeness, like super different, like deep water versus shallow water. Are they? Um, I don't know anything about Dungeness. Is it deeper? Dungeness is like yeah. super deep, like okay. thousands of feet. Um, which is why you have whale entanglements versus with lobster, you like don't really. Which also when we're talking about tagging, like all, the, I think one of the reasons that people don't really want things tagged is now the Dungeness crab fishery, the commercial is tagged, and yeah. all the fishers have seen how that's happened. You're like. Oh, you can tie it back so to they the dungeon. They're they getting do shut that down. Now. They get their other stuff Be- tagged because now. of the entanglements. Because of the entanglements. Oh. Yeah. Um, but and it's like, okay, yeah, it would be great if more traps were tagged so everyone knew where it was happening. But like the way that people are treated sometimes with like how that all happens, it makes sense why you like don't want your gear tagged. No, you know? Yeah, like, that's the issue. Again, you don't is like be at fault. you don't want to be at fault, and the closures are symptoms of an issue. But if you want to deal with the source, 
you have to actually be working with the fishers and the Dungeness crab fishery. It, it's what Logan's saying, because the traps are so much deeper, they're more likely to run into migrating humpback whales, which isn't necessarily the case for humpback whales in the lobster fishery. We're seeing it more with gray whales, but honestly, we don't see entanglement. There's been... Which was a good surprise for us. Yeah, yeah, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Especially for how close the gray whales get, you know? So it is really a sustainable fishery right now. It's just cleaning up the traps to make sure it doesn't turn into something like what we're seeing with Dungeness, what we're seeing with the main lobster fishery. How many traps have you guys been uh, part of, like, where he's pulled them up? You know what I'm saying? Like, since you've been working on the project, how many traps have been pulled up? Oh, um... That's a good question of like new data since we've gotten that yeah, older data set. I don't even know. What's the progression so far on your guys's project? Yeah, so I guess we had um, Abby is like our other group member that's not here today, but she mm-hmm. was like a intern for Ocean Defenders Lions over the summer. And okay. yeah, she was a master diving going out, um, looking at the data because um, me and the other group member, Sarah, um, are more like doing all the data analysis and stuff. Um, it's looking like they caught probably like 10 to 20 traps over wow. the summer. Yeah, I, um, I went on a good with, amount. I thought, but, they got, I thought they got 18 and one. Okay, maybe it was, okay, then maybe it's more than that. So it's it's hard to say too, right? Because, uh, or you can only pull up as much room as you have on the boat. Yeah. So like I went out on one day and we went off of like Ventura. And, uh don't remember the, like where he was calling it out there. Um, but we pulled up like two full traps and then two fishing poles. Mm-hmm. And then like, two smaller broken pieces of trap and then that was kind of all we could do because also the divers ran out of air so but they how deep how deep are they they for this cleanup i was on they were about like 80 feet okay wow and and again had there been like more space more oxygen they would have pulled up more yeah these divers are rad too they have two tanks on them (laughs) yeah one of our team members abby she goes out there and she's double tanked up it's wild. It's funny too. Does she help Abby? Does she actually help? Yeah, oh, yeah. She's, 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 she's down there. Doing all the stuff, it. pushing it back up. Yeah, oh. she's right. It's just a quick shout out to our, our teammates. We yeah. all, like Christina said, we all voted to be on the project. She was part of the team that helped put it together and uh-huh. Logan as well. Um, but working with them has been amazing. I had no idea that <laughs> other than Abby just having a passion for this stuff happens to be this badass master diver. Yeah. <laughs> it's not until you see her jumping off the boat, you're like, what is yeah. going on? Yeah, and she's actually gotten some really good um, GoPro footage too of okay. like when they find the trap and then they're using that other air tank to like fill up the um, airbag float and then they like put it on and then you like watch it descend and it's super yeah. cool. And then I got to be on the inflatable to then go, you know, grab the gear, pull it up. Um, and then they have this like big arm that comes over the boat and then we pull it up and lift like it's a whole production. Um, so you, you really do need to have some people on deck and then people that are in the water and you kind of just all um, like orchestrate together yeah. and then go back in and then clean everything up and haul <laughs> the traps to the dock. And it's wow, been great. Super cool. Have you have you talked to anyone up in the in the Bay Area like about the same thing? No. no, not as much because again we are kind of moving away from Dungeness yeah. and more towards like the, the lobster, lobster in okay. Southern California. Um, just because yeah we see that, especially like where Kurt is working, we're like again moving more towards exactly what the client's doing. Like, ODA focuses on Southern California. Um, mostly they're not going out and like grabbing Dungeness traps most of the time because they're so deep. Um, like they don't have the gear for that. Like, um, yeah, that's a oh, yeah. completely different. And yeah. his boat's in Ventura now. So yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, we're exactly. in a we're in a lucky um, place, I think, because we don't have a lot of issues with lobsters and marine wildlife entanglements. Mm-hmm. And you're already I mean, we see that in Dungeness. Maine is just oh my god, it's yeah, it's, a, it's a complete shit show. Am I allowed is to swear really? on this? Yeah, you could swear. But yeah, it's it's a complete shit show. So we can't really we can't really touch Dungeness now. You already have what what's happened in Maine? Oh yeah, so the Maine lobster fishery very similarly, uh, you have all of these fisheries in Maine and, and the East Coast being shut down because of entanglements for Whales. the North Atlantic right whale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's happening. And um, the uh, Maine Lobster Association is going to court against the federal government for these shutdowns because of the impact it's having on these fisheries. And they're ready to take this all the way to Supreme Court. It's wow. already so polarized, you know, so it's hard to get in there and be like, to stop this, we have to talk about what you need and what we can do to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're definitely in a position to do that now with lobster because we don't see those sorts of issues, but we see traps. And if any of this could be predictive for future um, fisheries, we want to be at the forefront of helping create a framework to establish that kind of communication so yeah. that we don't see what's happening in Maine, what Dungeness is unfortunately starting to turn into. That's crazy. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> but that's I mean, this is something that's been missing, I guess, with fishing. It's like having that voice. Mm. Like we talked about, yeah. CCA has it, and there's a couple other organizations. But we never see anything get put back. So that's why it's cool to hear you guys come because, yeah, we see stuff happen and, and you know, regulations come, but you don't really see it get pushed back the other way, you know? So it's cool to have yeah. some kind of preventative thing we can all try to work with, with this especially, yeah. you know? Because that's going to be the lot like horrible. Like if we lose any more fishing grounds because, you know, of of that for that reason, you know, with the Department of Fish and Wildlife, what has their take been and how how they helped you guys? They've been helpful with uh, having meetings with us um letting us know about if there's ever any like public meetings we're allowed to attend we're like because they'll they'll hold like a at least a few meetings i think throughout the year where it's like specific like fisher outreach um trying to communicate and like again targeting dungeness um as that fishery um so like kind of letting us know like about the closures and what the zones were and, and educating us a lot and like um, one of our very first meetings when we started last spring was kind of asking like, like, what are the different alternative gear options? Or like, um, it seems like they're allowed to um, connect lines and traps and like trawl on the East Coast, but that can't happen here. And like, mm-hmm. like, why is that? And like, oh, what, what issues would that cause? And like, would that be beneficial to fishers? But it seemed like not the smaller guys because they would need to have like a wench to pull up all, like it'd just be so heavy, right? So they've been helpful with that. Um, helpful with like some of the like data information and, you know, telling us about the ramp program to try to like prevent the closures for Dungeness um, specifically and kind of, yeah, talking about the different um, options that happen because when that um, closure happened last spring, we were really interested in like, oh, the federal government is giving this subsidy for relief, um, which is good, but what if they were able to subsidize some of these like alternative gear types, right? To then prevent the closure at all. Yes. Could that happen? And um, who, yeah. who could help put like, who could help push that though? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the question is like, it's who's going to be the yeah. person to push that? It's problematic <laughs> for us because our nonprofit can't lobby. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> and so you know that so the hard part is like you guys know what to do but you don't have the voice yeah. to push it yeah and I, mean, I feel like that's the really interesting part about our project and like this i mean our whole conversation here too is like we've learned so much so we like talk about all of the things we've like all the conversations we've had all the information we've been able to glean but like our actual focus yeah is just on helping ocean defenders alliance like find more gear to help have like less lost lobsters and all these traps mm. that like people could be eaten and um, keeping the ocean clean. That's the awesome part about ODA is like the work they do helps everybody. How many, how, when you guys pull up the old trap, this is a, a question for me dorking out. How many lobsters in some of those traps? Oh, that is some <laughs> of the data. I haven't seen that. I That's know that in the bycatch data. Oh yeah. man, there's gotta be can loaded be, lots. I, I yeah. will say though, the traps themselves, I was like, you know, geeking out with like how much different um, invertebrates there were, like all the right. fouling organisms. You had different sponge species, anemones. Like, <laughs> I was just like, oh my god! Like, I, I wish I had the time to you know go out there and count all the different things living, um, like you know, kind of reusing and repurposing the cage itself um, as as a home. Yeah. Right, that's kind of wild too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. That's something I think I've learned through this process is that a lot of the stuff that does get left in the ocean does turn into habitat for other creatures. Mm -hmm. like ships are some of the largest contributors to healthy coral reefs and we also have that with decommissioned oil rigs now which is what makes it problematic about do we take it out or not i mean there's so much wildlife living on it like yeah. isers reefs is right and there's like rigs to of, reef and yeah. stuff mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. yeah it's been yeah, those rigs are great for fishing <laughs> <laughs> exactly Good habit, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. i always catch fish off that <laughs> But it's it. I always wonder. I'm like, man, I wonder how many lobsters in some of those are have done. Ton of. Do you guys um, eat lobsters? Well, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Again, oh, I mean, yeah. again, looking at like, <laughs> like part of our data and stuff too is, and also looking at doing kind of this like film piece. We have some footage that like Kurt has got of some of those um, traps when he pulls them up, and yeah, sometimes it's been like ten lobsters or ten crabs or something like that. It is like it's truly like a mini little ecosystem yeah. in there. Although again, sometimes it's kind of hard to tell. Um, because if it was down there for a little while, then you end up having like lobsters eating other lobsters. Like the biggest one wins. Yeah. Because um, they're all stuck in there. So it's like sometimes hard to get a true count on what was in there because there's like a tail left. Yeah. <laughs> That's also, it's um, wild. These animals don't die. They yeah. don't, they don't really die. They just live forever. And then all, it just on like a little welfare issue. It's, <laughs> and you're just stuck in this thing. And then someone else comes into your jail cell. So, so the, the big, you see in the commercial are the, uh, the, uh, like what we're using, not the commercial traps, but the regular recreational traps, the circle ones. Um, I haven't seen That's that. That's the on ones we boat. use. So, okay. I have, so if we go out there just to circle, like a like a, a hoop net, and then they have like you know like almost like a, a cylinder and it mm -hmm. goes wider in the middle, and then you're kind of hanging like that, and they walk in there and they get stuck. Mm -hmm. Same yeah. thing. But I mean, those, like I said, it's easier for us to get those back. Yeah, yeah. usually they're not pulling those up. Usually it is like it's the big commercial, square, like square, yeah, big square traps. tanks. Yeah. And I will say too, on their social media, they've definitely posted like footage and have blogs about like, um, you know, sometimes they're pulling up traps and like all the lobsters are, are dead. It's been too long, whatever, when they get it. Um, but like where they've been able to release, I think maybe up to 20 or something. Yeah, um, so it's, it's cool to see that footage and, you know, that they're able to like put that back out there yeah. too. And they record that every time um, ODA has like a blog and every single time they go out and get traps they like write a little piece that says like oh hey we went here today like we got this many traps we let this many like lobsters go like this kind of that kind of stuff so um, did you do your film piece is going to be about the whole 
deal you're doing? Yeah, it's it's basically about like it's about Kurt and ODA and kind of the work that they're doing, but then also yeah, talking to fishers about kind of how debris has affected them, how losing traps has affected them. Um, we want to get the whole story, so um, yeah, basically just kind of trying to see how this problem of of lost gear has affected everybody. You guys have one more year on this, yeah. so yeah. next year's your final year. Um, we have till June. Oh, till June. Just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, you guys. Are so if that. anyone wants to talk to us, <laughs> yeah, we would yeah. love to Hit talk to you. Please talk to us. Okay. So yeah. then, one, you're gonna put out this uh, survey. Mm-hmm. How can we find it? Great question. So we have um, links that we could share with you. Okay. Um, that could maybe be like I don't know, podcast notes or something like that. Yeah. Wait, well, we I can, can put it up on your episode, and then I could put it in. Uh, in um your uh on the description of the podcast so they can click a link that'd be cool. wonderful and you have some uh, yeah we brought you some physical ones too oh great um and we have like yeah we have like a little flyer with the qr code and everything oh it's um, in english yeah. and in spanish you guys made it yep. simple we, yep, yep. we tried to make it as it's, accessible it's so good as possible seeing, uh, the young the younger generation where i'm you know 40 <laughs> i'm 42 but we have a lot of uh, old guys that don't know how to do shit. And you guys are like, oh, we have a QR code. We have I'm like, fuck, that's easy. <laughs> yes. We have paper copies. Yeah, yeah. We make sure to like print everything too just for people that don't, you know, don't have smartphones. And Yeah. I'll, what we'll do too is I'll, I'm going to talk to Jeff at Lobster Port Fishing because he'd probably be a really good uh, person to talk to because he builds the traps. Like you could go oh, down yeah. to his facility and like see that would his be so whole. Cool. I'll be in San Diego this upcoming weekend yeah i could hit him up if you, got, if you want to check it out because he's super cool he's got a cool it used to be tackle but now it's just lobster port fishing that's all wow so all he does is the actual uh you know build the traps everything Sweet. so yeah and he'll deliver them to oregon like everywhere so that's awesome yeah he'd be some someone really cool i'd love to learn if um if he's able to take like the traps that kurt pulls up and can like remake them into new oh, traps you cool. know how some Possibly. of the fishing like monofilament i just can don't know i don't know how the the metal holds up oh yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. if yeah. it's sitting Too in corroded. the water corroded <laughs> yeah, as hell, yeah. it's like, oh. so That'd then you will have a link on there how to get to this as well uh, how long's the survey about 10 minutes okay and yeah. it actually puts you in the running for a raffle for a drawing oh sorry a drawing we had to use that terminology a drawing. i know i do the same thing i have a patreon and i give away gifts <laughs> <laughs> it puts you in for a drawing for a 25 dollars visa gift card okay yeah perfect maybe what we'll do is we'll try to help and uh, see if we can get someone to donate some stuff have you talked to promar no Maybe we could talk to Promar or someone and say, hey, we'll donate a couple lobster traps. Oh, my God. You know, and then that way. That would be amazing. That'd be incredible. Maybe maybe what I'll do is I'll reach out to a couple people and uh, see if we can get um, something good going to make make it worth their while. And this will be – you want it from anyone or is it just – Anybody in recreational or commercial, um, we're just kind of, I mean, we're targeting uh, Southern California, but we really wanted to allow, um, you know, a platform for people to voice their opinions on things. So we did want it to just be kind of more open. And again, since ODA is the client, we're not working with the specific fishery. Um, Yeah, we wanted it to be open to uh, anybody. But yeah, that'd be so helpful because our budget for the project has been very small. So yeah, no, we we can definitely get something going like something cool to, to entice them to go fill it out you know yeah um thank you well thanks for coming on guys i really appreciate it uh i hope this helps you know i hope i hope more people can you know open up to you guys and, and you get some more help i'm gonna try my best to cook you up with who i think might help you 
maybe we could find a commercial guy as well to kind of help you out and show you what he did. The one I knew moved away, so I don't really talk to him anymore, but maybe we could find someone that will talk to you because I think this is for a good purpose, especially if you're working for a client and you're not working, you know, Mm -hmm. for the evil empire. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, thanks again for coming on and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. much.